women, passion, success. Welcome to the all-new Francisca Show podcast on the Jewish Coffee House Network. Who am I? I'm Francisca, singer, composer, music producer, and now success coach for podcasters. I took a podcast, grew an audience, and monetized it. With over 60 original songs, 20 music videos, and over 100 podcast episodes, I present to you K Productions LLC, a white glove podcast production agency that helps entrepreneurs just like you create great content, attract their ideal clients, and make more money by using the power of podcasts. On this show, you'll be hearing from successful female entrepreneurs about their journey. Go ahead and subscribe, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to The Francisca Show. If this is your first time, welcome to this community. Today with us, we have Don Dalby, founding partner and private wealth advisor of Releve Financial Group. It's just so wonderful to have you on today. I'm so excited to dive deep and talk about all the fun money stuff <laughs> you are an expert at. So let's get started and tell us a little bit about your background, your backstory, how you got into this, and then we'll yeah, go well, from there. Having me, I'm excited. I always love to talk about money and what it takes to build real worth and wealth together. So I've been a wealth advisor, a certified financial planner, been helping clients out for the last 21 years. And I realized there were really some missing links and some missing pieces when I was giving advice to clients. And so, you know, I, I love the one-on-one -on -one interaction with the clients. However, I realized that there was more to building wealth than just giving the comprehensive financial advice. And so I just over the last couple of years have branched out and built a platform called Building Wealth and Worth. And it's really to help empower women and women-led households, really help them build a solid foundation of what it really means to have real wealth and live a what I call a wealthy life. It's very confusing because I still don't understand the difference between what you did as a financial advisor versus what you do now. Is one, if you already have money, the financial advisor helps them decide what to do with it or how to manage it and how to grow it versus, well, hey, let's create a bunch of money out of how you do things. Is that where we're going? <laughs> That's a great question. So, so as a wealth advisor, as a certified financial planner, what we do for people is people come into our office that already have money. They have money in a 401k. They have money in a brokerage account and they need help. You know, they, they might have finally a six figure income and they don't know what to do with how to save. They don't know how much to save. They don't know how much they're going to need for retirement, for educating their children. They don't have a clue on what to do with money. So we invite them into the office. And then what we do is we do six key areas of financial planning. So it's, it's helping them with their cash flow and their budgeting. It's helping them with their protection planning, like how much in life insurance do I need? How much disability insurance do I need? What type of health plan should I have? We help them with their investment strategies. Um, you know, do, do I just do a work retirement plan or do I do a Roth IRA or do I do a health savings account? Do I do a traditional IRA? Like how, what accounts and what products to use for um, investing? 
We help them figure out the alignment of how much are you actually going to need? Because everyone needs different amounts in retirement, right? So how much are you going to need in retirement? Um, So we have this nice balance of saving and spending. We help them with their tax planning, like not even just like my firm actually files their tax returns, um, but also the tax strategies throughout the year. Like, like how, you know, everyone needs... giving advice out. Like I typically find thousands of dollars to save clients tax money and by just making small changes. So the tax planning is such a big portion of that too. And then finally the estate planning, like how are you going to leave your legacy, both your financial and non-financial legacy? So that's what a, a planner like me, a certified financial advisor would do what I've done over the last 20 plus years. However, However, I have was when I built my own wealth up and worked with, you know, around other colleagues, around other financial advisors and working with my clients. Now, remember this, I've sat in over 10,000 client meetings, right? Teaching people how to build wealth. And what I've realized through all of those experiences in those one-on-one meetings is that clients still were, even though they built their wealth, They've had either millions of dollars of income or millions of dollars in their portfolio. Something was still missing. That fulfillment, that happiness, they still, these clients even built up millions of dollars. They were still lacking a really solid foundational relationship with money. They still feared money. They still were, um, they weren't like living a life of worth and fulfillment and alignment. And so what I have done is I continue to empower women and can, and their households. So I'm not just, this just doesn't have to be women, right? But empowering women to think differently about their money and teaching them those foundation, that foundation of how to build wealth, all the technical part that I just reviewed with you on how to build wealth. But there's also something, it's the psychology that, that also women and human beings in general need to build as well. They need to build their worth and their wealth together if they really want to live an aligned and fulfilled life. And at the end of the day, you and myself, we all just want to be happy, right? We want to have enough money to support our happiness and happiness is different for all of the, for all of us. But the secret is not just in building the wealth, even though that is so important, right? We need wealth, like we need oxygen to live, right? So we don't want to downplay the significance of the tactical part about building money and what it takes to build the right type of wealth. But also at the same time, if you really want to live a fulfilled, happy life, something that, you know, you just feel at peace with, you have to build both this worth and wealth together. So it's, it's the combination of the tactical piece and the psychology around money. And that's the ultimate goal of empowering women to live um, a secured life. And I always say you need to live the internal and external security at the same time. So does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. I was just confused about what you used to do versus what you changed into doing, but it sounds like it just became more wholesome. It was the yin and the yin, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Internal and external security that everybody needs. Now that we've spoken about the worth and the wealth, which really goes a lot deeper, and I'm going to want to do a little demo here with you if you allow. And this podcast starts out all about 
women in the arts and entertainment. And I know you've done your share of that singing on cruises. How do you go from that overachieving woman fulfilling talents and gifts into building a business? First of all, finding that worth, but then also focusing on a business that's so masculine in a way. Well, that's, that is kind of a deep question and it can go multiple different ways and how I interpreted that question. I will tell you this. So yes, I used to be a performer singing and dancing on cruise ships in her um, amusement parks. I love to empower, inspire and entertain like those. That's my purpose. You know, I always encourage people to find their purpose in three words and entertaining is one of my, why I'm here on this earth. It's, it's a purpose of mine. And so I realized that through the arts, unless you're going to be famous, right? You're not going to make money, right? You're not going to make a lot of money and the, uh, enough money to just support whatever type of lifestyle you want. And so over the years and through all my personal development, I've really found a way to incorporate my strengths. I believe every person needs to make income in alignment with their strengths and their purpose. So if my purpose is entertaining, it's like, okay, how do I still, well, not just entertaining, but empowering, inspiring. Now I did that over the last 21 years, one-on-one with clients, right? So I was like, okay, I'm an entertainer that entertainment income is not going to cut it for me because my husband was an entertainer too. And I'm like, Oh, like this isn't going to work. Right. How are we going to have kids and live a, a beautiful lifestyle? That was important to us. So someone had to make some real money. And so I was like, well, how do you make real money? Will you figure out how to make money? Right. So I went into the financial industry. Now it is, I'm not going to lie. It's a good old boys club in the, it's very masculine. It's a, it's, there's hardly any females. And in fact, I think the the statistic is like less than 15% of advisors out there are females. So a very male dominated industry, right? So it's been tough. I'm not going to lie. However, working, I wanted to learn about money and I wanted to use my strengths, right? So I have been inspiring, empowering, and entertaining, if you will, one-on-one clients and, and, and teaching clients to build fun money. Like this isn't just serious buttoned up relationship that I have with clients. Like money can be fun if we do it the right way. So I found my own way to do that one-on-one with clients. However, you bring up the masculinity of our of, of being in the financial world. I always felt insecure about myself. I always felt I worked with other colleagues that I allowed them to tell me that I wasn't good enough as an advisor or I allowed them to you know, because of my own worth and my own insecurities to think, well, Dawn's really different than all the other advisors. I must not be doing it right. And after years, you finally realize that, you know what? I am doing it right. I'm doing it different, but I'm using my strengths and my clients are very successful and I don't have to fit into the good old boys club mold. Can you give an example of what that different looks like? The example would be what I was taught and the men that I worked with in the industry, I was told to talk above clients. I was told to bore clients with all the technical detail. So they feel like they needed the the advisor, like the beta and the alpha of investments. And like every time we would get into all those detailed conversations of how someone's investments are performing and they're like all the technical data about investments, like I would see the clients glaze over like, 
like Looney Tunes, like they were like, they pretend to not yawn in a meeting, but you could see them yawning. You know how that is, right? Like I just started doing when you started saying these words. (laughs) And so it's just like, I'm like, wow, I'm just, I'm so focused on the human behavior side and what human beings really want out of their life. And I was like, that's not going to work for me. So I was told to talk above the client. So they would feel like they needed me. And I was like, you know what? screw that. That's not how I operate. I operate on a very different level. And and so that is one example of many where I was told that I didn't do things the right way. And I finally said, you know what I do? I do do things the right way. And I'm going to continue doing things my way. And and the need that I see that human beings, regular human beings need to, to grow real money. So do you teach people how to make money on like income or you only take it from when they already have their income to grow their money? Great question. So previously, my last 20 years, people would have to come to me with a million dollar portfolio for me to work with them. Okay. So uh, then I'm teaching them what to do with a million dollars. However, that was a missing link. I'm like, there's so many people out there that don't have a million dollars. How are they exposed to the right type of advice? right? And they're not, you know why? Because people that are certified like me, I'm also a fiduciary advisor, which means I have to act in the best interest of the client, not just giving advice that's suitable or okay, but I have to give them the best advice. I don't work on a commission. I'm, you know, a fee-based advisory firm. And when when you're fee-based, you charge 1% of the asset. So that's why clients need assets to come in, right? So previous life, I'd only work with a million plus clients. I'm like, oh, these people need advice from someone like me. So what I've done is I'm really trying to scale online and offer this trustworthy, empowering advice, even if you don't have the money yet, but how do you grow it? So I have a process called own it, earn it and grow it. And own it is where you're owning your worth. You're feeling comfortable in your God-given strengths and your skills and you're owning who you are. And then I teach people how to earn the right type of wealth. So the earn the right type of wealth based on who you are and the lifestyle you want to have. And that's the empowering part. And then grow it is all the technical part that I've done for the last 21 years. Now I do both and I open it up to people that don't have the million dollars plus. In order for me to do that, you have to be able to work in group settings, right? And one on many. And so that's how I give my advice now. If you're okay with that, I would love to do a demo with you. I know you're very into core value exercises. So what would that look like? The core values exercise is that I have an exercise where people go through and take about, we expose them to about 50 some core values and have them narrow it down to their top five core values and their top five core values are the, the values that they can't live life without. Like they don't want to do life without these things, these top five values. And so we find those values. And then what we do is we then take the client through what are the meaning behind these values? I was going to use myself as a demo if you want to. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. So we have health, then family, community, faith. What Could I put that in one or they have to be separate? Um, they would be separate. So then, so uh, family. faith, family, yeah, health, faith, family. My my music, so my art, career. Yep, the art, and okay. then my my career. And I would say your art and your career probably are one and the same. Right now, they're not. 
<laughs> well, the music videos cost money and my business earns me money. As you said, entertaining doesn't bring in the money. Teaching people how to do it does. So my business is teaching people how to podcast and producing their podcasts for them. However, producing music videos and albums is not the income stream. Okay. So the art would really be about producing. Yes. Impact. Yes. Yep. Okay. But you're still legacy strengths, your artist strengths right now by talking to me, right? So you're, you're putting them into one, the art and the career. Potentially. Yeah. I don't know if career is a core value. Well, my your self-worth, is my legacy. You're like leaving a legacy is a, important to you. Yeah. Okay. So we can offline find that fifth one for you because I don't think you, you, you know, there's an exercise that I have clients go through, but, but let's just say, let, let's say these are so health, family, faith, your art, and you're passionate about your career. So what I would do then is I would really go deep on what are the meanings to you? Because health for you might be very different than health for me. Family, you, the meaning of family is different. So we so we get deep on meaning. Okay, so what are the meanings? And then what we do then, we go through, is this value? Now, these are the things you can't live without, right? So are these values costing you money? Or are they helping you earn money? Okay, so then we, after we get the meaning of them, are they helping you make money or are they costing you money? Health may be costing you money, but it might not be a lot because your meaning might be, I go outside and walk and that's free and I eat healthy and that doesn't cost me that much or eating healthy does cost me that much. Like we start to get, is it a cost? So health could be a cost for you, and but it might be a minimal cost. It all depends on the meaning. The same thing with faith. Like you might say faith doesn't cost me anything because I am like spiritually connected and and that doesn't cost me anything. Or someone else might say, well, faith costs me something because I put 10% of my gross income to our faith-based community, right? So it depends. For example, your career is helping you make money, right? So we want to, we want to distinguish, is it making money or is it costing you money based on your meaning? And then here's the beauty of it. Then I create a financial plan where inside of the financial plan, when we're talking about budgeting and we're talking about your spending, I want everybody on this earth to spend what I call quality money, quality dollars on their core values. And so if your core value, whatever career means to you or whatever faith or family, let's say family means to you you know, the meaning of it is I like to like have people over and entertain them and, you know, having this community within my family and I love to throw parties. Well, great. Then you know what? We, we want your spending to be on that. Like, we don't want you to like, we want you to go full out guilt-free spending on your value. However, things that aren't of value to you that so many human beings waste money on, we're not going to spend money on those things or not as much. If status isn't a core value of yours, which you already said it wasn't, right? Status is not a value. Then, you know, if I'm looking at your budget and your cash flow, like I might say, why are you spending $500 a month on a car? You know, that's a status thing, right? You're driving a car. Maybe that's not, you know, where are we wasting money that's not in alignment with our values? So we take that off and we have this guilt-free spending around our core values and we stop the necessary 
that we all do that wasteful spending on things that aren't important to us. And every single human being does that. And then we develop this, what I like to call this combination of freedom, the spending freedom and creating the security for tomorrow. And and in order to have freedom and security, which 95% of this population in the United States does not have, they usually have freedom or security. They don't have both. But when you create your spending plan around the core values, you're actually able to create this freedom and spend freedom and security together. I'm curious what my fifth one would be. But what if someone is just spending, they have too many core values? And then a lot of them are costing them a lot of money. So that's why we narrow it down to five. So you have, so we all have lots of core values. There might be 15, but I'm talking about the things you can't live life without. So if someone's spending too much money on core value number 10 and 11, that's when they're getting in trouble. And that's when they have credit card debt. That's when they have, they're overspending. And I'm, I'm someone who doesn't like to put people in budgets and be like, okay, you can only do this. Like, so if you really are like spending too much money, then we need to figure out, we need to go back to the, the earn it part of income part. Yeah. Come part and go, okay, you know, where are we lacking? And typically people that aren't making the enough type of income is because they haven't done the own it part, the alignment of who they are. And they also haven't done the personal development part, which is the worth building stuff. It's like being comfortable in who you are and thinking differently. It's all about how we think and manage our emotions. And when people start to think broader and think differently by being um, supported in a community like mine and like yours. Like we start to realize we have all these limiting beliefs and these, this limiting thinking about ourselves. And we can, and when we can come to, to terms with that and open up, then we grow as human beings. And then our money starts to grow and that income starts to grow because we find new ways to make money. And creative ways to make money. But you don't do that if you're stuck in a limiting worth position. Because I'll tell you, wealth goes, wealth flows, I should say. Wealth flows where your worth goes. I've experienced it myself. So give me an example with someone who loves to sing. And you, it could be you. How did you go from being someone who someone told you how much they're going to pay you to this is how much, this is what I'm doing and this is how much I'm going to sell it for and selling it. You mean um, like going from singing and not making money to going now to making seven figures a year? Yeah. What does that transition look like or transformation? It's personal development. It's completely personal development where you're working on your worth. You set goals and you take action. The thing is accountability in action is people... Most people don't have that superpower of taking action and accountability because they're sometimes they're stuck in a victim or they they're stuck in a, I'm not worthy to do this. Like I, I, I'm not like so-and-so I'm no different than you. I am no, I'm not better than you. I'm no different. The only difference is, is that I've, I decided, I decided to think differently and take action. That is it. And, and surrounding myself with people that were going to help me on my path. It's the, it's the, it's making the right decisions. There's no, I'm not talented. I'm not talented more than any of your listeners. I'm just living my strengths. And when you really do that, like for years, again, I lived my strengths on a one-on-one, right? Because I was told by the good old boys club, 
that I wasn't, I wasn't a, a good advisor. I was a good advisor, but I should be doing, running my meetings differently. And when I stopped believing that and believing in myself, like now I'm out, I'm, I'm doing pot, I'm inner, I'm, I'm on stages. I'm, I'm right. I have a book coming out. I am, I'm empowering the people that don't have the million dollars because I believe in, I believe in my purpose and I believe in my strengths. It's what it is. A hundred percent. There's no other secret. Okay. Can you tell me some of the challenges you had as a business owner, potentially maybe something specifically as a woman, or it could just be anything else, being a mom and what that was like? Any challenges around that? Well, a lot. Let's just say I'm on a pile of failures. First off, I will say my biggest challenge was having two daughters going through in vitro having my daughter in vitro for the first one. And then all of a sudden when my baby was nine months old, it's like, I'm pregnant again, naturally. How did that happen? Oh, that's how you get pregnant. Okay. So raising two daughters, I am the sole income provider of the household. I owned my own business and I had the struggle of wanting to be successful financially and also wanting to be successful at home. And I needed to figure out a way to what I call leveraging my two biggest resources, which is time and money, right? So I decided early on in my career when I literally would have anxiety attacks while I'm driving in the car because I was like too much coming at me. And, you know, I mean, it literally like crying and stressful and the fear of like being the sole provider of the household from an income perspective. My husband, again, an entertainer from a us singing and artistic. He's, he's a flipping rock star. Like he still does um, worship in our church and plays. And I mean, he's, he's super talented, but we know the money's not there. So, so what I had to do is really figure out how do I leverage my time and my money combined? So in order to do that, we had to make a household decision that I was going to focus 40, four days a week on just making money and building my business and doing what I loved. And when I got home on those four days and on the weekends, I was just focused on being a mom and being present with my little babies, which are now 15 and a half and 17. Um, And I still do this now. So, so here's the thing. I don't do laundry. I don't even know how to make a quesadilla. I do not clean. I do not schedule doctor's appointments. I do not grocery shop. I don't do, I don't even take my kids years ago to, um, you know, I would, I, I don't waste time with them, right? My commodity of time and money, I was present with them. I taught them the things, the lessons I wanted them to learn in life, but I wouldn't fold the clothes and I wouldn't make the macaroni and cheese. My husband helped out. Um, at one point I hired someone to come into the home to help out when my husband did work outside of the home. Um, it's all about like, I can make more money helping people grow their money. So I'm going to focus my time on that. And when I'm home, I'm present and people don't do that math. People don't do that math on like, what is it really costing me to fold the laundry? What is it costing me to take my kids to dance practice six days a week? Like, or could I hire that out? and make more money doing what I'm doing 
and then being present with my kids so I can have balance in my life too. And I think moms feel like a lot of guilt. Like I feel there's, do you have children? Yeah. Two girls also. How old are they? Almost four and one. Okay. So you're in the thick of it. Like you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's about leveraging. I mean, I lived it too. I I was only, you know, I had needed to find a way to make more money, right? I needed to find a way to make more money. So it's choices. And here's the other thing I want to be clear with your audience. My audience is this is sometimes the answer isn't more money too. It's the alignment of the money. And it's the alignment of the strengths and the core values, because looking at your core values in the meaning, now you and I haven't discussed the meaning behind them, but you might say health doesn't cost me much. Family doesn't cost me much. Faith doesn't cost me not much. I can sit all day long and and create my art. I might not be making millions of dollars creating my art, but I can still sing and create music. That really doesn't cost me much if you're not buying new instruments every month like my husband does like I have to cut it I'm like dude stop you know what I mean <laughs> well recording recording music can add up for people who don't have their own studios correct and that can be an expense right so but but it's alignment of the values and what does that mean and what are the costs to that and making sure that you're making money to support that it's not about making more money it's about making the right type of money to support who you are and what makes you happy and what makes yeah. me are those top, those five values and putting the dollar sign to them. I loved listening to some of your client stories and transformations or some of that aha moment going on. Would you be kind to share a story where someone was clearly spending money on the non-core values areas of their life? Oh, yeah. I got lots of them, but there's always one that rings true to first top of mind is that I had some clients in and they were, they wanted to upgrade their home. So they wanted, I think they does the the dollar amount doesn't matter. They wanted to upgrade and move to a new home that was going to cost them lots of money on a new mortgage. And I said, you know, why at this stage of your life, why do you want to upgrade your house? Well, um, because I told them, and I'm going to be honest with you. They cried in my office because I said, you want to upgrade your house, but it's not in alignment with your core values. And one of their core values was adventure. They love to travel. And I'm like, okay, so you love to travel and the type of traveling you're going to do, do is going to cost you $15,000, $20,000 a year. So you, you can spend your fifteen dollars to $20,000 a year on, on these multiple trips um, or you can spend that fifteen to twenty thousand dollars on on a new mortgage, and so why you can't do both? You can't afford both at this stage in your life. And I told them that, and they all said when I told the wife that she can't do both, tears. And I could tell she was really pissed at me, like didn't want to have talked to me at all because I'm telling her she can't have both. And so we started going, what What is the deal? Like, what is this about? You told me your value was adventure and travel, but now you want to upgrade your house? Like we can't do both. And she said, well, I want this. I want a bigger house because my two baby daughters who aren't babies anymore, they were in college, even though they're still babies, you wait, they're always your babies, right? I want them to be able to, I want enough space to have them come home for the holidays. 
And I want them to be able to bring their spouses and their children. And I want to be able to celebrate and have beautiful holiday celebrations together. And I want it to be at my house. And I'm like, family is a core value to her too, right? I get it, right? But that is costing you $20,000 in an extra annual mortgage payment. And so I'm like, could we... Could we restructure this? I get you want your kids to come home. I, I I would want that too. But can we look at it differently? Can we keep a smaller home? And can we maybe like, instead of spending $20,000 on a new home that you're going to use three times a year, the extra space, right? Let's rethink this and let's get creative. And we got creative on how we could still have keep their existing home and still have the kids come in and, you know, buying them a hotel for three nights, you know, a hotel, um, is like a thousand dollars and having a limo come in to take them to their hotel at, you know, the holiday time and still being able to experience, you know, it's just sleeping. It was just the issue was sleeping. And so we came up with creative ways to do that and they saved their $20,000 and they're still being able to live who they really want to, how they want to live. Yeah. But it was getting through a really bad, it was getting through the mud and thinking that through because if they didn't think that through and they weren't able to really live out their core values, they were going to be unhappy in retirement and not being able to do really what they wanted to do. And that would have caused without thinking through the ramifications, the decisions. And so how can you have the family and the experience still and the adventure at the same time? Majority of our audience here are Jewish Orthodox. And for us, sleeping is a big deal because we can't drive on on the holidays or on the Sabbath. So having all your <laughs> 5 million kids and grandkids in the same house is, becomes a priority for those holidays. So that can also be complicated because an Orlando house can also be $20,000 with the kosher for Passover food. But that's a different point and people figure that out unless you have what's a comment yeah, well, the comment is this, is that that might be the the number one, you know, that faith might be the number one priority. So that's what they choose. Then that's what those people would choose to do. They would have the $20,000 extra big house because, because of that being a strong value. And, and that might, that's a fulfillment thing. And the adventure becomes secondary. Right. Right. And so, so that story and that situation could have a totally different outcome. Right. Or the different outcome is, is adventure still important to that family? And, and so what? There's 15,000 people sleeping on, e- on top of each other for a couple of nights. Like, that's fun, too. Like, my kids would love that. Like, having lessons <laughs> in their room. I mean, I literally had 16 people at my house for the holidays. Not obviously COVID year, but the year prior. And we had people all over the place and wouldn't have replaced it because it was so fun. It was so, so fun, but I'm not going to upgrade my house for, you know, for that that. one night. Right. So a few quick questions for you. What superpower would you love to have? It's so funny because I just told my stepmother this past weekend when we were celebrating, I said, you wait, I'm going to be singing and dancing. I'm going to be complete like artist in heaven. Like that's my superpower. Like if I really could take my talents, I love money. Don't get me wrong. I love building wealth for people. I love connecting with people. I love people feeling okay in their own skin. Cause we didn't even get into this today, but 
there were so many years where I didn't feel okay being myself. We, I mean, we talked a little bit about it, but I want people to like be okay with themselves, but I really want to like, I got a lot of energy and I just want to, I want to entertain on a whole different level. So that's the superpower I wish I had is that actual talent to, to sound like you're, you'll laugh, but like in my generation, the Whitney Houston, the, the Mariah Carey, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I adore that talent. Okay. What perhaps boring task do you have to outsource at this point? but that you still love doing? It could be business or at home. Oh gosh, you, you're stumping me on this. I have another financial advisor in my firm that are taking over the one-on-one clients because I want to do one-on-many and I still hate giving up those relationships. So I have to outsource some of that one-on-one, which is really hard for me because I love all my clients. That's a good one. What's next for you? What do you feel like you still want to do? After COVID, I'm going to be on the bigger stages. My goal would be to be on the stages with Tony Robbins and some of those really high level thinkers that are changing people's lives. And I want to be, I want to do that on stage, not just in front of a camera at home. The entertaining part, (laughs) the energy. (laughs) I want more audience than just the dogs. And you, you know what I mean? I want. (laughs) audience because that bigger audience, I have a big personality and it's more in alignment with how I want to impact the world. Cause at the end of the day, I want people to have money and I don't, I want people, we, we live in a worth and wealth crisis. Like I, I I want to teach people how to think differently about building real money. And I want them to, I want to help them build real money, but I also want to help them build their real life too. And that's a stamp I want to make on the world yeah. in the end. If there's one practical tip you can give that any woman today should hear from you, what would that be? Be okay being you. Do you, live you, and make money in alignment with you. Don't compare. Beautiful. And where can people find you? People right now can find me. I have a ton of free content on in Facebook. I have a private group called Dawn Dalby's Building Wealth and Worth. And I go live every Wednesday. I'm giving out free content. And then um, coming in the next two months, we're going to have some courses available for people to take that people want to learn more about the worth and the wealth part. And people that really want to learn a lot about what are, what's the foundation of building real wealth? Like, how do I start to do this? Again, opening up this million dollar advice to people that don't have the million dollars. Amazing. That's so powerful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. That was a pleasure. It was so nice to talk with you. Thank you for your time as well. I am so excited to have been featured in Glamour Magazine this past week. So make sure to click on the show notes below to read the full article. Friend, thank you so much for listening until the end. And if you enjoyed please tell a friend, leave a review, and make sure to subscribe so you get a notification the next time an episode is out. Have you been thinking of launching a podcast? Great. Let me help you launch and produce your show and take the headache away. Just click on the link in the show notes and make sure to tune in next time.